Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Monica, I love the matchups in this finals. Like, the more I'm looking at them, the more I'm just saying to myself, like, like if and you really want there to be as close to full health as possible, we'll see where Giannis is. I mean, there are a couple of days. You, you know, he has missed a couple of games. You hope that he can at least go at some percentage to be present. They, mm-hmm. they certainly Definitely. need him, of course, but it just makes the story better. Uh, that he is available, and the best part is, is that the MRI on that knee was no ligament damage, which blew my mind when you see that injury. Uh, yes, because that bad boy looked bad. Yeah, but hyperextensions can be tricky in terms of, of your course. recovery time. Well, look like- at Embiid. Em- Embiid like was able to come back from that, even though how ugly that one looked as well. And shout out to Yoga and Pilates. Because Yoga, Pilates, lots of water. Seamoss. Are- Shout out to Bart. Seamoss. <laughs> Thank you, Seamoss. But that is how you get through those types of, obviously, injuries is to have that kind of stability. But, no, I mean, I'm just looking at it, and the matchups, you know, certainly are really cool. So, you know, tomorrow we'll spend a little more time doing the whole you know, head-to-head deep dive mm-hmm. into the basketball side of things, of course, on it. But as I'm looking around, the main characters, of course, Chris Paul and what he's been for the Suns, while Devin Booker is that trending up young star that is letting the world know this is who I am and this is where I'm going and he's fun player to watch and then of course there's Giannis who we've gotten over the years who keeps running into that wall finally gets over to the finals and now will the injury hold him back from winning that championship or will he be able to overcome it with the supporting cast of a Chris Middleton um but before we get into that we have uh, Vince Carter going to join us here in about 10 minutes I do want to read you a tweet. As we were, we've been discussing a lot of things today, a plethora of things today, as the Bart tweeter. Scott would say. And Vanessa tweeted at us saying that she loved your input on Zach Wilson's mom's social media. Mm-hmm. As we talked about in the previous hour, Zach Wilson has reportedly kind of, or not reportedly, in fact, his mom did say this, has asked her to, you know, like dial it down on social media. Don't be so expressive on some things that might cause some media attention that then he has to answer and deal with he is in a in the largest media market in the world and she just basically said no I'm going to keep doing me and so I just kind of said you reach a point as a parent where you might feel like if he's asking me this it ain't about me anymore it's about him and maybe I should make sure I don't have anything out there that then he's got to deal with on top of the fact that he's got to be a great quarterback for the Jets but Vanessa said that she liked your perspective she added this great perspective about women losing their identity and motherhood. I hear that a lot amongst my friends who are mothers as well. I don't know if this is an identity thing. With Watch us. your step here. I don't know if it is. Also, it's you one said- thing to just have an Instagram account where you're just talking about stuff. It's another thing to start getting hold on time out real time passionate out. about certain takes. Time out. Time out. Time- right. Okay, yes, uh, but you also said Vanessa like some person on Twitter, but this is Vanessa Moore, my teammate from Georgetown. Shout out to my boo. Hey, Sue. Uh, good just, morning, I, love. I, just, I didn't um, want to. I know. Sorry, but I when I looked that up, I was like, that. oh, this is my Vanessa. Okay. Um, all right, so it's it's interesting, huh? Because you have to be mindful of your platform, right? And I think you said it. If she chooses to use her space to dive into topics that can be considered a bit incendiary, you can't be naive about what comes with that. Of course. So there probably is a line here where she gets to embrace this new space that she has. And if she really believes she's doing God's work in terms of inspiring other women. Well, that's different. You want to inspire people. Right. So then we need to have a list of topics. Remember, now with with family, we don't keep it a buck. We keep it 125. Mom. (laughs) We're going to do this. Here's the list. The no-go zone is right here. <laughs> the no-go. We're not, we're not doing these topics, do okay? Do not discuss We're this. Just no, right? Like, because if it's about 
Zach being able to come to this city and focus under all of this scrutiny and be the best football player that he can be. Assuming that she is Team Zach, yes, as a mom and a separate identity, she's got to find the middle ground. That's all. That's it. Right. That because you just know, look, you know, the New York Post, the Daily News, like all these other websites and and blogs and everything else are going to use this stuff as content and then bring it to Mm -hmm. him and have him answer. And he's just like, you're asking me about this. Mm -hmm. I got to worry about how I'm going to you know, go up against the Rams defense and you're asking mm-hmm. me this, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of stuff I think for him, it's, it's unnecessary. So, hey, I wanted to know what, what the listeners think. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Wake up out of should, your cookout coma and call us. Should please. Mrs. Wilson <laughs> dial it back or does she have every right to just use her social media the way she wants and her son just has to deal with it. Meanwhile, as we were mentioning, we do have a finals matchup and there's something Drew Holiday said about the Bucks that really caught my attention. And it's about what they're made up of. It, it normally has been, when you're a two-time MVP, it's Giannis's team. But is it anymore? Because Chris Middleton was the guy that did close the deal a lot of times against the Nets mm-hmm. and certainly against the Hawks in helping them get to the finals while Giannis was injured. So listen to how Drew Holiday kind of describes these two players and what they mean to the team. Chris is, is the heart of this team. Uh, I feel like Giannis is the soul of this team. And, and without them, man, I'm, we really wouldn't be here. No, they certainly wouldn't. But Chris being the heart, Giannis being the soul, I find that to be the best way to explain it. Some people want to say Batman and Robin. You know, some people want to say Giannis is the opener, but Middleton is the closer. I think heart and soul is the best way to put it. Giannis does really represent the soul of the Bucks and what they are in his era since they drafted him. This player that has developed before our eyes has become a great player, like the Bucks became a great team that has had great regular season success, that has had some heartache on their way, and now have a chance to win a championship, and you're sort of feeling that emotion for them because of the journey they've been on. But when you think about the heart, who's going to get it done in crunch time? Who's going to make the biggest plays when it matters most? Middleton is the guy you see they go to to get the buckets when they need them. But even that has been an evolution. Because Legs said it last week on the show, Tim Legler, he said that the absence of Giannis forces Coach Bud to be a little bit more creative in the clutch. Now, they didn't necessarily run up on a buzzer-beater game since Giannis has been out, but the default of give the ball to our two-time MVP and Defensive Player of the Year and get out of the way is no longer an option. Well, you don't have that option because he's not that guy. He's, but but that's the part. Most Han. guys, like Kevin he's Durant, you give him the ball and get out of the way. That, you can't do that with Giannis. Right. He's not that guy. On paper, if you just were to go off of accolades and the guy that is the engine of the squad, the undoubted leader in terms of energy and intensity, you might think it is. But when you really get into the basketball, X's and O's, he's not that guy because his skill set, quite honestly, is limited. He just has the ability to overpower defenders. This guy's won two MVPs. It's, it is and wild. And we talk about how he has a limited skill set. But it, because it, it, he does. He just does what he does so well. Can you think of another MVP that we have had in the history of the NBA where you would say that about? Where, you know, like he's, he puts up big stats, his team wins, but he's limited. But like I, Shaq, people say that about. Shaq was another guy who couldn't hit free throws, but it wasn't to an embarrassing level. I never felt like he was where crowds were counting and mocking Giannis well, at Atlanta on. to a point where it was we, I was embarrassed okay, for him. But like we this got guy's an MVP think, and they're mocking him. But I think you got to get into the words here, if I may tap into my English degree, love okay. whole English class. Limited and elite at their position to me are different things. When I think of Shaq, he was elite at his position. Dominant, right? Dominant, right? right. Like nobody could touch that. 
But you also are not putting Shaq on a three-point line. And that's not even what we were doing in Shaq's heyday in terms of that position. Yeah. For Jan, I think limited comes into play because Giannis does not camp out in the paint. And now some of that is the byproduct of today's game. But every time he go to take a three, what does he hit? Two out of ten? It looks like a lane three from out of Seinfeld 10, dancing. Maybe. I, right. I, I like, got to be honest. Then we're reminded, oh, yeah. Or every time he gives me a turnaround fadeaway jump jumper being guarded by one-legged James Harden or Trey Young, for that matter, I see the limitations. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, let's ask Vince Carter. Let's bring him right in. If anybody would know, it certainly is him, our ESPN NBA analyst joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Vince, good morning. So, I don't Good morning, heard, guys. How you doing? Good. So, you heard some of that. I, I mean, it's, it's not to be – you hesitate so much to sound like you're being disrespectful, right? The guy did win two MVPs. The guy right. has, you know, put up unbelievable numbers. He's had a tremendous, you know, career. But yet, when I watch him, I just think about how we have this guy who's who's at that level when it comes to all the trophies on his trophy case. And yet, think, can you think of another player at that level that yet has such limitations to his game? When Martha said that, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, man, who who – who could I pick? Or who I couldn't think of anybody like that. But I, I, I say this about Giannis. When Giannis is aggressive and downhill, mm-hmm. there's not many that can stop him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he limits himself because he settles for jump shots sometimes. But think about it. As players, and Monica, I think you can attest to this. As players, when you're working on the next facet of your game, for him, the jump shot outside of the paint, the three-point shot. He's always hearing people talk about he needs to develop a shot. Well, at some point, you have to see if it works in the game. You have to. And I, I think sometimes he's doing that and he sees results. He sees it goes in, going in sometimes. And sometimes, you know, I, I, when, they, when they were blowing out the Hawks one game, and I noticed he was downhill, downhill, downhill. They were up 25. And he then? set up for that three-point shot to see, to see, to see where, where, where he is with it because that's the time to work on it. And I feel like sometimes you have to work on that shot. So in the heat of battle, when you need a bucket, you go to what works. But at some point, you know, I, I, I'm going to use this story out with John Collins. We were working on his three-point shot. We were working on a jump hook with the left hand. And I said, sometimes, it's great in practice, but you have to use it in the real game, in, in real time against some of the best players before you, before you can feel comfortable using it. So, you know, that's what you get sometimes. I know that technically VC is now my colleague and we're like all in this together, but it is so dope to say something. And then you, this man who's excellent, come and confirm what I had to say in terms of Giannis making himself limited. It is a little bit puzzling. All right, but let's get into this series as it stands. VC, and we've been going with this question all morning. In terms of legacy, which side of the coin, who needs this more, Chris Paul or Giannis? It's just it's such, a, such a tough question. And when you're talking about legacy, I, uh, you know, I'll say this about Giannis. Giannis has time. Uh, and, and if they can keep this team together, you could see them potentially in the finals often, or at least in the, in the conference finals. Of course, I, I think Chris Paul has established himself, in, you know, as far as a legacy is concerned. This is just adding to it. This is icing on the cake, in my opinion. You know, now, you, you, you know, you have some of the greats of the game who didn't win a championship or didn't make it um, – to to a to the finals and are in the Hall of Fame. Chris Paul will be in the Hall of Fame, but it, you know Chris Paul is year sixteen. He's he's the old guy, so of course I'm gonna have to lean that way and say you know he's closer to 
walking away from the game than Giannis is. So, of course, Chris Paul would 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 want and need this a little more than Giannis right now. See, that's a great way to put it. It's the window, right? That's mm-hmm. how we always talk about is or runway. Yeah. What's how much runway you have left? Trust me, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't want to say it, BC, but all right. I mean, you did bring it up, so fine. But uh, how about react to something though? Because you know how we always do this too about players mm-hmm. and about their teams, especially when you get this far. It's like he's the heart and soul of the team, right? And you generally, it's always your best player is sort of your leader. That's always the way it's supposed to be. But with the Bucks, we're kind of learning that they're probably more team than we thought, even with a two-time MVP, even with a guy like Giannis and all his accolades. Drew Holiday said this. He said mm-hmm. that, that Giannis is the soul of the team. Chris Middleton is the heart of the team. Can you have it that way? Can you have one guy represent one thing and one guy represent the other? And is that what the Bucks are to you? Well, I played on the team with Jason Kidd, and Jason Kidd was our leader, but he was he led by example. He wasn't our vocal leader. I was kind of the one who, you know, once you, I learned who Jason Kidd was and what he what he meant. Of course, when he stepped in, a, in into a huddle and he had something to say, everybody's like, "Oh man, he's yelling, he's talking. Let's listen." He led by example. Steve Nash led by example. Uh, I think Giannis is one of those guys who leads by example. I think another guy who I consider the heart and soul of the team and and keeps them afloat is Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis brings what they what they need for them and that that energy when they're slow and they're they're in mud they put they put you I call them the battery pack for a reason they put they inserted him and look at what happened to that team he brought life to that team and he brought life to a team that was already darn good and he made them better and it made it tough for the Hawks to 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 beat them even with Trey Young back so look here's the question now VC because Okay. When Chris Paul came back after game two, we saw a little sputtering, shall we call it, by the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. acclimating to Chris Paul back on the floor in this particular series. Giannis, obviously, this Buck squad is probably better with Giannis on the floor, big picture. But is it going to be more valuable, I guess, if he can play game one, or does he need to get a feel for the series and kind of be able to pick his spots from an observer standpoint when he gets reinserted? Because there's no doubt going to be a little bit of, okay, is Drew and Middleton still the 1A, 1B? Now we got to get Giannis back in. But, okay, I, I when you're, you're playing for, in the finals. Mm-hmm. So if they can get Giannis back, you want Giannis on the floor. He demands attention regardless of where he is with his health. At the same time, I'm still I'm telling Drew Holiday, I'm telling uh, Chris Middleton for sure, and then my bigs. I, I need the same game from you. Because you you want Giannis to take his time. Maybe you don't play him as many minutes early so he can get himself back uh, into game shape and playing shape because he's been away from the game uh, for for right. for a while now. Giannis, that is. So I want my four guys, and, and that's Holiday, Middleton, and both my bigs and Portis and Lopez to stay aggressive and let Giannis work his way back. The one thing for Giannis that is great is if he doesn't settle, he plays in the paint. So it's a little easy. You go down there, post up, and you feature him. But I still want Lopez right here where we're seeing in this in, in this video right here. I want him in the paint. I want Bobby Portis in the paint, knocking guys out, getting me in the penalty so Middleton can be aggressive and drive and knock down shots. I love that. I think that's going to be such a critical matchup. And, you know, that that's exactly – like Lopez has to be that, that floor spacer to mm-hmm. allow Giannis to have that room in the paint. But when he's not out right. there – you know, Brooke, when he played for the Nets, was one of the I, I, best, you know, footwork in the post big man that we had left yeah. in the game. 
And he was my rookie, by the way. I, I mean, I, probably every guy that I played with was probably my rookie or close to it. I, Mark, I knew you were about to say that, so I beat you to it. I knew you were about to say that. It's okay. I can accept it. But that's the thing. So you, I, I agree. You have to post Giannis, and you have to utilize his ability to score. Yes, so you, you spread the floor out. But when Giannis goes out, I'm throwing him, Brooke Lopez that is, I'm throwing him in the post, and I'm remaining aggressive and attacking the paint. Yes, now you spread Bobby Portis out there. Yes, he can shoot the ball, and he's going to rebound. You don't post up Bobby Portis as much. You get the mismatches, yes, but 1A and 1B as far as posting up. Giannis is my go-to guy uh, early, and then when you take him out, Brooke Lopez, your turn. Continue to beat these guys up in the paint. All right, we're doing a deep dive tomorrow in the series, but somebody just tweeted, and I feel this. They're like, how y'all doing the show and nobody's mentioned Aiton? Let me just be clear. Monica McNutt is team DeAndre Aiton. Heavy, heavy, <laughs> heavy. So real quick, VC. He's been great. All right, talk to me about his evolution and what this matchup looks like for him because there's a world in which, obviously, the Lopez matchup, but there's a world in which he's also going to have to deal with Giannis, too. Giannis, yes. He's going to have he's gonna have to defend and, 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 you know, Giannis is used to seeing bigger guys, but he's he Aiton is a guy that has been playing great basketball and he's going to put a lot of pressure on the Bucks defense as well, because they're going to have to guard him. They're going to have to guard the lob, mm-hmm. kind of like what they had to do with John Collins mm-hmm. and, and uh, Capella, you know, so and he runs the floor extremely well. So if you don't get back in transition and if you're settling for jump shots, you're letting them off the hook. And once the Suns get in transition, it's a lot uh, a lot of options that they have. So look for Aiton. Uh, I did a breakdown with this a couple of days ago. Look for Aiton to set a lot of screens, mm-hmm. getting mismatches on the Drew uh, Drew Holidays and Middletons and feature him in the post a little more there mm-hmm. and him hitting the glass. Certainly he so. has to hit the offensive glass, getting them extra possessions. Yeah, certainly something there to, to watch, no doubt about it. Vince Carter joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, before I ask you to pick somebody in this series, though, I do want to give you Picks? a minute. We got we got to make picks. Oh, I want to already, but, but I want to give you a minute though because you you know your your last team was the Atlanta Thank Hawks. <laughs> the run that they had uh, here all the yeah. way up, and, and then you know Trey Young's injury really obviously took so much out of that offense. But just mm. what you saw out of that team, some of them maybe what were your rooks, but but still like the this group that you saw <laughs> last year and where they were there to where they are now. It's just it, you know obviously it was a new voice. Nate McMillan McMillan brought a new voice in a different aspect to that locker room. And they all bought in. And once Trey figured out how to be the star and scorer that he is and facilitated and get his other guys involved, they took off and all of these players, these young guys evolved. And and that's a testament to Coach Nate McMillan, but to Trey Young as well, just saying, okay, taking the coaching, understanding that Nate – saw a bigger picture for this team. I don't think, I mean, any of us can say, wow, I, I, I knew they had a, a pretty good team, but Eastern Conference Finals, mm. knocking out the 76ers. Okay, maybe the Knicks. Okay, cool. Knocking out the 76ers, taking the Bucks to six. Who knew? But they were confident. And maybe they were just too young to know that they're not supposed to play this well this early. But like I said, they all bought in. And once they bought in, they took off, and they were a great basketball team. Did you see something different in Trey just in general? Like, there were stories, and you would know you were in that locker room. There were stories that there was some friction with him and teammates. He shot the ball a lot. Some guys didn't like that, didn't feel comfortable with the offense, anything like I that. I heard that. Did, 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 did there, was there a change in him 
that you saw that's different from what you might have seen? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. His, 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 his approach in the games early, understanding how to facilitate, how to get other guys involved for him to be that type of player. If he wants to take those shots, the game was easier for him in the second half or the fourth quarter because he had guys like Bogdanovich, uh, Herder, John Collins. He had other guys shooting the ball, spreading the floor for him, making the game easier for him. And once he understood that, he's like, wait a minute, I can get six, seven assists in the first half or three quarters and then be me in the fourth quarter seeing late double teams, but maybe single coverage because my shooters are shooting and they have to stay home. Oh, okay. And he figured that out. And then they took off. I mean, I I really think that's what the key was, was him just understanding how to manage the game. It's amazing how your teammates love you more when you realize that if you use them early on, then I'll take all the shots later. They're like, yeah, go ahead, take all the shots later. And they're prepared. I'm full Yeah, but but they're prepared. Now they understand how the game is played, and they want to make the game easier for Trey now because he's made the game easier for them early. And that's one thing I learned early in my game. So we used to have this conversation and argue all the time about that. I said, hey, make the game easier for them. Because later on in the game, when the star needs to be the star, they now have made the game easier for you, and you can make or be the star that you are. And he, he gets it now. It's a Two great transition. Street. Yeah, a great transition to see, obviously, 100%. that player, no doubt about that. All right, real quick, VC, you got a pick on this series? <laughs> well, all right, let me think. Mm, spidey senses, spidey senses. Okay. Um, no, <laughs> I don't, uh, no, I, I don't, but I, you know, I, I like, I, I think if Giannis is back, you know, with the Bucks, without Giannis right now, you're going to see a very good series with Giannis. He's the X factor because if he is aggressive mm. and he gets downhill, he puts pressure on his team and drew holiday and PJ Tucker, who we don't, who we have not talked about, they defend and can slow down Chris Paul and, and, and Booker. They can hold up that trophy. Yeah. I, so I, I, I guess that means I'm saying the Bucks. Yeah. You Mata, was, come on. What you got? You're saying the Don't Bucks. Don't leave me out here by myself. I got Phoenix. Yeah. We got to go to break, but I got Phoenix either okay. way. Yeah. I got, the, we, come the, on tomorrow okay. so we can talk about it some more. The caveat, though, obviously being the injury right. to, to Giannis and see where he is. Vince, always yeah. great to talk to 100%. you, my man. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Take care. Uh, it's Vince Carter, uh, ESPN NBA analyst on the Goodyear Hotline. So, coming up next, a little more on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Is it time they just stop fighting? If we figure this out, what they shouldn't do is trade him. But what should he do in this situation? We'll discuss that next. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Spoke to a team source who said the Packers have engaged with Aaron Rodgers and his representatives, and they will continue to try to do so. We want him back in the worst way. I know he knows that. We'll continue to work at it each and every day. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, did, the Swaggo didn't need to go there on Darren Olofsky. <laughs> But we all have different takes on all different things. And, of course, we like to bring in other experts to have takes with us. And why not go to Denver? Mark Slareth, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, a three-time Super Bowl champion and host of Slareth and Evans on 104.3, the fan in Denver. Good morning. I got to ask you a question about something that a Captain Obvious said. And that Captain Obvious is Jake Plummer. He said Aaron Rodgers would turn the Broncos into an instant contender. Is that Captain Obvious, or is that a hot take? <laughs> well, I mean, there's only, there's only, you know, I always say this about the quarterback position in football, is there's only about three guys, maybe four guys, who are truly unicorns, who cover or mask warts. The other guys expose them. And, you know, <laughs> we tend to think that every franchise quarterback is going to cover a bunch of warts, and it's just not true. There's only a few guys that elevate everybody's performance that way. And Aaron Rodgers certainly one of those guys that can cover those warts, that can elevate everybody else's performance. But, um, again, there's only a handful of those guys that operate in the National Football League. And we tend to have this narrative that, oh, if you just have a franchise quarterback, you're going to be fine. And that's not the case. You've got to have a really good football team for most guys. So Aaron Rodgers is one of the few guys that I think would elevate the roster in Denver to the point where, um, it could compete in the AFC for a crown. Now, they still have to get through the toughest team in their division, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, I mean, there, there's still a lot of work to be done, but at least you would be in the conversation. Now, I need, your, I need you to either tell me I'm right or wrong here, and I hope you say I'm right, but I had a rant a little bit earlier in the show just about that situation in Green Bay. And you, from the player perspective, or from your experience as both a guy who would be in the locker room dealing with this or also maybe somebody that had to, would have to deal with this, I feel like everybody's wrong when it comes to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there's a, there's a good guy in this whole thing. And it's maddening to me that it's gone even this far. The franchise shouldn't trade him, but I also understand why Aaron Rodgers has the take he has. It's, it's been handled poorly. The whole relationship thing should have been fixed years ago when they saw it going south, and it was handled poorly. I think everybody's the bad guy here, and if I'm a fan, I'd be livid. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'd be I'd be livid as well. You know, I you know it, it's interesting to me because we want like we want our our athletes to be human. We want them to be real. We want them to be honest until they're real, until they're human, until they're honest, and then we're pissed at them, right? <laughs> and yeah. it, it's always funny to me as a former player. You know, I used to hear this all the time, like, "Hey, man, the field's a sanctuary. I can get away from my problems." Man, the field exacerbates my problems. I, 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 want, I want my life to be in, like, in perfect unison. I want my home life to be good. I want everything to be good so I can perform at peak efficiency. And, you know, when we show our human side, when we get hurt feelings, um, when things don't go the way we expect them to, you know, fans are upset about it. You know, organizations are upset about it. Here's my biggest issue, you know, and there's a lot of things. There's a myriad of different things that have gone on 
in regards to Aaron Rodgers. You know, people just think it's, well, they drafted his heir apparent. Well, it's not just that. It's you, you draft his heir apparent, and then you say, hey, he's totally on board. And he's like, man, I had no idea this was going down, right? There's all kinds of little things. And as, as little things stack one on top of another, they become a very big thing. And I think that's the real issue here is the lack of communication or what, what is perceived as just being dishonest. If you're going to bring a player in and say, hey, man, you've earned the right because of your status and because of what you have done, you've earned the right to have an opinion on what we do, and we're going to solicit your opinion, and then you solicit the opinion and you go the exact opposite way of what the guy says, eventually it irritates you, it pisses you off. And I think the biggest thing for me as an organization or as a franchise is that's the position you find yourself in. And as a player, we are always going to side in a locker room with the player. Like we're always going to look at the player situation and say, man, that, you know, you can't, you can't do that. And we understand that certain guys are elevated. Certain guys have uh, a little bit more leeway than other guys. Certain guys are going to be leaned on more. And Aaron is certainly one of those guys. Um, and you know, and, and for you in the locker room, I mean, that, that's one of those things you're like, really, you're going to do that to him. You'll do it. You'll do it to every single one of us. Hmm. You know, you know, Schlereth it's interesting because at every level of sports, right? Relationships are this bottom line thing that just can't be escaped. Whether you're talking about one of the elite quarterbacks in the league or the last guy on the roster. And so that's what continues to echo through this situation. But we talk so much about the Packers side of this thing. Let's go back to the Broncos side of this thing. You've got an organization sort of kind of in purgatory. I know we prepare as this is, as if this thing isn't going to go down. But the one thing that Plummer talked about in that article, he talked about the position that it then puts Bridgewater and Locke in. Just take me inside of what it might be like over on that side of this. Yeah, well, I think if you're if you're Teddy Bridgewater yeah. and you're Drew Locke and you don't know that if Aaron Rodgers walks into the building, um, he instantly becomes the starting quarterback, then you're you're living in fantasy land. You know, <laughs> I think as players we all I think as players we all understand kind of our lot in life, and you understand when a guy like that comes in, you just move aside and you learn whatever you can learn from that guy. Um, and you know, it's not that you don't want to compete; it's not that you're not going to try to compete, but you just know the reality of the situation. And I think most, you know, it's funny. I, I think that most guys are okay with that. Most people are okay with competing. Most people understand who the better players are, right? That they're going to get the opportunity to play. And so if you're in Denver and you're Drew Locke, yeah, would you be disappointed that you're not going to compete? Yeah. But what can you learn from it? And you're 100% right about the relationship aspect of this. You know, I say this all the time, regardless if it's radio, whether it's television, my career in television, my career in radio, you know, my green chili company, just the different things that I have going on right now in life. You're in the relationship business or you're going out of business. Mm. And I don't care what business you're in. And you're not in the relationship business and growing those relationships and taking care of people, you know, and it's not always going to be, you know, it's not always going to be perfect. But if you're not doing that, then you're, you're going to struggle. You know, the, the, the thing about football that I love is the nature of, of how you bring 53 guys together and 20 coaches together and all that stuff. And it's hard to do. And if you're not in a, if you're not really into it for the team, if you're not willing to sacrifice, if you're not willing to do the hard things, um, then I don't care how much talent you have, you'll never be good. And so the relational aspect of the game of any game becomes the most significant part to me. Yeah, you got to have talent. Everybody's got talent. But it's about how you put that talent together and how you really serve one another. And that's what makes championship organizations. So for Denver, 
I really believe that he walks through the door and those two quarterbacks go, yeah, we get it. <laughs> and everybody else, in the, everybody else in the locker room goes, yeah, we get it. Uh, he's Aaron freaking Roger. And in the meantime, though, they, they are sort of the guys, like, like Monica mentioned, they're kind of in limbo right now at that position. So with that in mind, you know, you trade for a Teddy Bridgewater, and boy, you know, since his injury, how he's sort of now trying to prove that he can still play. I think he's he certainly can play, but what is he? And then you have Drew Locke, who is somebody you thought was going to be the future for them. So this quarterback competition that they're going to start in 22 days, who's got the edge and who would you expect to be QB1 on week one? Well, I would expect Teddy Bridgewater to win that job, and, and there's several reasons. I mean, I think you look at Vic Fangio, he's never won a game in September. So if you don't get off to a fast start, if you don't have, you know, consistency from that position, um, you're going to get fired anyhow. So, you know, coaches, coaches love veteran players. They, they, young players, um, you know, we used to say it all the time when I was playing in Denver, young players will get you fired. And, and you know, they just don't know. They just, they, they're still, there's still that learning curve that they're going through. So I, I think that you look at just the tea leaves, they've, They've invested in their defense. You know, they get Vaughn Miller back. Bradley Chubb should be now a year removed from that ACL. He should be healthy and full go. He, he went to the Pro Bowl last year. In the first five or six weeks, he wasn't nearly the player he was toward the end of the season. So you would expect him to kind of start off where he ended last year. Vaughn Miller back from that injury. Uh, they invested in that defensive secondary. You look at that defensive secondary, not only the draft, but what they did with Ronald Darby, what they did with Will Fuller. They've got a chance to be really good in that back end. And if you're a coach, you're like, hey, man, our back end is really good. Our defense should be really outstanding. Uh, we just need a guy not to turn it over and to, and to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that he, he operates the game the way it should be operated. And I think that's Teddy Bridgewater. I still think that Drew Locke has upside, but he has got to learn how to play at the NFL level. And, you know, he comes out of college where they're a complete spread football team. Like, I talked to him about it as I was doing a game for Fox. He's like, man, I never talked one time about protections. We ran two-man routes, seven-man protections, and we said, let's go. And he goes, so I've got to learn protections. I've got to understand where my hots are, how to re-identify a mic, to do all the things that we have to do. Um, and, And you can see it in his game when you study film, how many times he gets spooked out of the pocket because he doesn't realize the back is coming across the formation to pick up a, a linebacker that looks like he's not picked up. The, so there's the a lot of little things in football that he doesn't get. Oh, it's the classic example of a guy who needed time to just you know be, hold the clipboard and learn a little bit, and that just he was just forced into playing. And you know you, what you were describing is they need a game manager, and of course that really is what Teddy Bridgewater has become. We got to leave it right there, Mark. Hey, great perspective as always. Good to talk to you. All the best. Likewise, all the best to you guys. All right, Mark Slareth again on the Goodyear Hotline. That was terrific stuff, by the way, about the quarterback competition in Denver. As something to watch is maybe they're just space holders until a potential Aaron Rodgers trade, but that still remains to be seen. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, coming up next, you know what it is. Call a roulette, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You got a hot take, you got a question, now is your chance. We'll get to that after Monica has this from O'Reilly. Superstar batteries, exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts, are designed to meet the electrical demands of today's vehicles. Get dependable power and performance from a superstar battery for your car, truck, motorcycle, lawnmower, boat, and more. What, what else is more? Uh, scooter? Maybe if you got an electric scooter. <laughs> Vespa. <laughs> Vespa. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and their professional parts people can help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAuto.com.
It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in, say your name, and make your point, and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's get to call the roulette. Let's do this, Monica. Um, Real quick, what? Jason Fitz. Yes. I know you're listening. I think you're listening because Jason Fitz just texted me and said, let me know when he should tune in to hear Fitz was right and I was wrong. Bucks and six. Laughing, crying emoji and a heart. You're not going to hear that. Jason Fitz. Bomp. So that was your shout out. Kind of just did. Only because I read your text message. I will not say that. No. So stubborn. Very. <laughs> but he was right. Whatever. No. You want to spin on. the wheel for me? Uh, let's go. Spin the wheel. Line three. Oh, mysterious pocket. Wow. <laughs> That's what happens the day after the holiday. Spin season. it. <laughs> Passed out somewhere like, man, those fireworks were great. <laughs> Line six, you know, like bucks and six. Hi. Hey. Two Brute. <laughs> Sorry, caller. Why, why I haven't got you, we Fitzy. Got, Go ahead. Sorry. Why haven't we gotten rid of collective bargaining and put a hard salary cap for athletes and keep the millionaires, make them rich? I don't care. But it affects our economy and nobody says anything. Well, nobody says anything. Well, I, oh, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. I, I need you to explain what nobody's saying anything about. So you get rid of collective bargaining, which is, again, antitrust. You can't do that. Okay. Right? Because no, there are unions in this I'm, in this. I'm not country. saying that there shouldn't be a union and a collective bargaining. Well, you just said but, to get rid of it. So that, I didn't get that one. All right, so what's the next thing that's affecting our economy? Negotiating. Give me out just a second, please. Everybody wants to be the highest paid player in the league. Everybody that's, that's in all sports, they all want to be the highest paid player. You need to stop that. If this is a business, why aren't the owners, which I, I don't understand, uh, you fire the highest paid guy and get somebody else to replace him. Okay? You have open tryouts. You start over. You've got a million college athletes that would love to play for $2 million a year. Yeah, and you've got million millions of fans. I'll let nobody you go here. Gets paid. No, I'll let you go here. Because nobody wants to see that. You want to see stars. That's how that's how you get fans in the building. The best of the best, and the best want to get paid. That's how it works. Like we're not like we're not in a country where salaries are controlled and the business is controlled, and 
This doesn't work that way. I know you don't like it. It's not comfortable to see somebody make $40 million a year and, you know, but that's just life. I mean, that's where we are. That's the country we live in. Listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but that call, if I may meme the moment, that call is one of these. Mm. He was just frustrated and I let him get his frustration out, but I had to explain to him where we live. Don't know about that. How about we spit it? Spit it! That kind of day, Monica. Day after a holiday, baby. Line four. Fifth of July. Hey, uh, I was kind of nervous for my first time on the show, but after that last call, I don't think I'm nervous anymore. <laughs> I can't be that bad. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I wanted to uh, shout out the Vikings. I'm a huge Vikings fan from New Jersey. Uh, with the whole Aaron Rodgers things going on, uh, we have a really great chance to win the division. Yes. But how far do you guys think they can get in the playoffs realistically, uh, make a run with that uh, defense being revamped? Yeah, the defense. Well, I mean, the NFC, I mean, again, if you were in the AFC, I'd probably give you more of a chance. But in the NFC – I mean, the, t- the you know, Kirk I mean, you're cousin. Yeah, and then you go with Kirk Cousins. You like that? Yeah. I'm a DC. Is this is this the, like is this the last year for Kirk Cousins? Would you say? I mean, I mean, is it time? I I I mean, I tell you when what. When does it pay off? I mean, when you look at that division, if there's no Aaron Rodgers, the door is open. I was just about to say that this would be the payoff year. You like that? Oh my god! You like that? You like that this year? You like that? Make the most of this moment, or uh, the seat gets hot. That you bet on yourself, that's cute, but uh, the, that's for, a wrap. Yeah, you kind of feel like it's like it's do or it's die. Course, Let's talk about it. a guy that's got a lot of money, coins, Ooh, bags. Yeah, that's oh, one where that yeah. previous caller. I kind of feel you on that one, <laughs> but hey, he played the system and he played it well. Yeah, he did. No doubt about that. He played the Jets too, by the way. Hey, spin hey, it. Hey, not that I'm upset about it. Line one, Corey from New York. I got two quick questions. Quick. Uh, does Becky Hammond deserve a coaching job? And what's the most overrated grilling barbecue food they can think of? Ooh, cookout overrated food. Cookout overrated? Food. Yeah, Becky Hammond, yes. Plenty of experience, has put in the time, resume is there, absolutely deserves. Will she get one? That's another question. I echo that sentiment, but I also think we do this thing where we have months where we celebrate diversity. We just came off of Pride Month, Black History Month, Women's History Month, whatever, and we think that we are traveling at a rate of 60 miles per hour when it comes to these things, and in reality, we're still back at around 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yes, we're making progress, but I don't think that it's happening as fast as people would like to believe. I believe that it's going to require players throwing their weight behind Becky Hammond to get this done in the same way we saw Dame request Jason Kidd, even though that didn't pan out. Overrated grilling food? Hmm. You got something? I just I like I everything anything on, the on the grill, grill right? <laughs> what do you got, Pat? You got like one? The vegetables. obvious answer is bratwurst. Grilled bratwurst. It's terrible. What? I don't know how I can no longer do the show with Pat about? Costello anymore. It's absolutely not. Terrible. I don't even know you. You need to get better bratwurst. You need a better Brats? grill. Terrible. Like, what's wrong with you? I mean, that's the whole idea. Boil, grill it, throw it on the bun. You can skip the boil in I my mean, world. Just put it on the grill. Well, you, what you, is you wrong with you, Pat? Pre cook it, throw it on the grill. No, I don't need it. I just need a grill. How is it? What are you talking about? Maybe we should end the show with you this. Yeah, like jump in here and fix Can't trust problem. boy. I don't know, man. You, you, that's that's I mean, a bad job. He you, says he's from Philly. Mm. I don't even know anymore. Your now. brat had a bad seasoning. Brat? You got to get the right ones. Overrated brats? <laughs> What's wrong with you, Pat? How dare I don't even know. You know what? Can we even it's have awful. a show tomorrow? We might need it. I'm not I need a 20. I can't. I think we got to take a break. We need a 20. No.